0: Hello and welcome to The Road Less Travelled, sharing quirky stories from inspiring people. Join your host, Charlie Hyde, as she talks to a range of wonderful guests who aren't afraid to be a little bit different. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us. What I love about this podcast is that I just never know how to introduce somebody because you have so many weird and wonderful things that you do. So I would do you a disservice. So, Rachel, if people don't know who you are, could you tell viewers, listeners, who you are? Oh, thank you so much. Yes, yeah, so I'm
1: Rachel Abbey. Um, I've I do many. i got many hacks, as you said, to be honest. So outside of my nine-to-five, which is working human resources, um, I am a YouTuber, so I've got a channel centered around adulting. So essentially, helping millennials like myself um, with life advice and just navigating life. And you know, if we're for, if we're feeling behind, it's about giving tips about you know how to yeah navigate life and not feel too depressed about where we're <laughs> where we're at. To be honest, so um, that's what my YouTube channel is based on, like life tips for millennials and um, Gen Z. Um, I used to have a business as well which I know we're going to speak about today Um, but I've decided to close that but um, I definitely am multi-passionate so you know probably in a couple years time I'll be doing something in addition to this but at the moment I work in human resources during the day and then um, I use my YouTube channel and Instagram page to focus on giving life tips to people like myself.
0: Awesome and I'm going to go straight in at the deep end with the first question um, which is you recently shared a video about closing your business. We see so many videos about oh yeah, opening businesses, how to make them really successful, but actually, most people don't talk about that part mm. um I was wondering if we could talk a little bit about your decision to close your business and also your decision to make a, a video about that and kind of how you came to that that decision what, what kind of led you there because it was a successful business
1: it's a really, really good question, and to be i only cl- I closed it um maybe a couple of months ago, December, I believe. So, I mean, I used to have a business, um, a product-based business. So mm-hmm. I used to hand make um, things like herbal teas, um, mostly herbal teas, which women could use for things like, you know, regulating their menstrual cycle, um, alleviating period cramps, period pains, um, you know, various other things to do with like, our reproductive system. And I also used to sell um, like crystals and, you know e-products as well. So quite a few things. And I guess I had that for two years. And the reason essentially the reason why I decided to close it is because um I'm at a very different part of my life compared to when I first started my business. So um you know I had it for two years and at that time I was single, like I wasn't married. Um, I was living with my parents and essentially I was looking for a time filler. So something that I could you know just Used to switch off from work and just like absorb myself with it in the evenings. Um, but then like fast forward two years later, like I'm now married, I live with my husband. Um, and yeah, my wants and needs just changed really. And actually, there is a spiritual element to it as well, because my actual interests change and like where where I foresee myself being in a few years' time. So there's quite a few reasons like as to why I actually closed it but in essence it definitely was because of a lifestyle change um and then an interest change as well and I'm, I'm really passionate about doing things that we actually feel passionate about and um, and it just no longer was something that gave me joy um so I really felt misaligned with it and I made the very hard decision to close it yet. yeah
0: <laughs> And I think, I think it's a really brave decision because you see so many people sort of talking about how to open businesses and things like that, but actually the process of closing it is, is a painful one because in a way you spent all this time growing it, but actually now it's time to step back. And, and how did you feel around making a, a video about that? Was that something you immediately knew? Yeah, I, I come to make a video. Did it take a bit of time for you to come to that decision? Cause it, it's a break. My view is it's a brave thing to do
1: no i was actually just gonna close the business and like take the website down everything down quietly and you know kind of like disappear into the distance and no longer no one would have heard of me kind of thing And um, but actually it was for speaking to you um that i decided to make a video about closing the business and in future videos i will make videos about how i started it and give i guess like entrepreneurial tips but um yeah after speaking with you and i think a lot of um I guess motivation comes from speaking to our peers, definitely. But um, as you as you said, because it isn't something that many people come across, and I like are really brave to to speak about. It seemed like a really good biz, um, a really good video topic, and um, I mean, I was really, it was really hard like painful to, to close my business because it was something that I put a lot of um, effort and time into and that I was passionate about um but like you said not many people talk about closing a business um you know oftentimes people are they kind of like just like do it quite quietly and you don't you're left wondering what happened to so and so or yeah. what happened to yeah. her website or her shop etc and um in case there are people like me I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about that topic and um essentially to give people the permission that, that yes you know you can work on something that you're really passionate about but you know if at any point in time it, it no longer ignites you or excites you um it's okay to close and like to pivot and to do something different so that's why i decided to make that video
0: yeah and i think it was it was a great video i think it really fits in with your whole channel which is you know actually if the fun has stopped stop doing it and it is okay to kind of buck the norm and not just plow on at something even though it's not you're not enjoying it it doesn't feel good for you anymore but you know society says that this is what success looks like so I'm going to crack on anyway and actually to really publicly say you know what I'm going to buck that trend not only am I going to close that business I'm going to tell the world that I've done it and you know what if you're watching this video and you feel the same do it um and I, I really like that which kind of leads me on to the, the next question around your youtube because your your youtube is a, a huge success and i think there's a lot of people at work who, who don't know about your your youtube channels it's your, your your secret life um but can you tell me a little bit about kind of what led you into youtube and what made you want to, to pick up a camera
1: yeah it's a really good question actually because my youtube channel has changed over i've had it maybe for i don't know if it's three four years probably more actually um and to be honest, I actually had a YouTube channel prior to the one that I currently have. So when I was 18. like around 18 or no, yeah, 17, 18, I was really into, into natural hair care and I created a different channel centered around that. Um, and then I guess my interest changed, a similar experience of interest change. And I took that channel down and now I have my current channel, which is about um like life advice and life tips for the young younger people. Um. But yeah, it didn't start off like that. (laughs) Um, It started off, I believe, um, I believe my first few videos were about my veganism journey because um, many moons ago, I was completely plant-based and really passionate about um, not eating meat, et cetera, really looking after the environment, our impact on um, society, et cetera. And that's what my channel was like, Predominantly about previously, um, and then after I finished my plant-based journey, that lasted about two years, I decided to keep the channel, but just to kind of like use it to document where I was at in my life. So there was a few videos where I was um, talking again about hair care, and then um, a few videos about spirituality, and I've. Um, I think essentially my channel really reflects what my thoughts are um focused on. So, you know, I reached a point in my own life where I started to think about the future and you know what I wanted to create for myself. So, like where I wanted to live, how much money I wanted to make, um, yeah, how I like to spend my free time. And because so much of my time and thoughts were focused on those things. I just thought, why not create videos about this? So um, that's how the channel started. It was completely different to what it is now. Um, and I think in future as well, it, it may not even look like how it looks now. I think it literally will be a representation of where my head's at and what my interests are in that current moment.
0: And this is why I love your channel. I think this is why the variety of the content you know, is, is engaging as well as kind of having great you know, professional, well-turned out videos. Your content is very honest and it's still got that kind of rawness of, of a fresh channel, even though you've got like 3.2k subscribers and your most popular video is like 43,000 views, which is which is incredible, right? And I think even though there's, there's all of that, actually you've got this this rawness around the um, honesty of what you create. And are you kind of, do you look at the numbers? Are you numbers driven or do you just kind of go with what interests you?
1: No, I don't look at the numbers, which I know is like a YouTube error, like you shouldn't do that. But it's really because um, I know a lot of my subscribers or people found my channel when I was making videos about my veganism journey and being plant-based. So I know a lot of those um, subscribers probably no longer watch my videos. So I know that like my um, my audience probably doesn't match my current content. So that's why I don't place too much focus on the numbers um but I am definitely trying to take YouTube a bit more seriously now and I'm starting to um I'm starting to learn a a few things about you know how to grow a YouTube channel how to make thumbnails etc so I am definitely becoming more I guess like statistics mind and like focused on the statistics essentially um but for now it's not like a key um metric that I'm focusing on because I do want to keep that element of funness to it so um yeah focus on the numbers but not too serious about it at the same time
0: yeah you kind of look at the numbers because they're interesting but not because they are the the, you know you don't just make videos that that do the numbers right you you make the stuff Mm -hmm. that interests you and this is one of the things I really like I think what your your whole channel kind of says is look guys you you are always developing in your journey in who you are you're always finding out new things about yourself new new interests and you just kind of make videos about that and you you pursue them and you show you show the journey of of pursuing them. And I, and I I personally find that like, really authentic content. Um, is this kind of how you want to keep making videos in, in the future? Is it like, where do you sort of see a plan for your channel? Or is it actually, don't have a official plan?
1: No, I definitely continue to, or I, I envision that I'll continue sharing my journey because as you said, a real, um, something I've been really, really um, intentional about doing is showing my journey. So mm. Um, there was a point in time where I felt like everyone or lots of people around me were buying houses for example yeah. and um, I felt quite like taken aback the fact that I had many friends who were buying houses and they didn't announce to me like during the years that they were saving up that they were saving up for a house etc it's just like mm-hmm. I thought like we live in a society where people just announce their like <laughs> successes and you don't see the journey and yeah. the journey is really important because it's hard one to keep motivated on the journey um but it's also you learn so many valuable life lessons on the journey and people shouldn't just erase that out so you know um I've made a ton of videos about my own house buying journey um and I started right at the beginning like when I first started saving and I just made sure to keep to put that in my channel and to make to make videos about that because I know that in itself is a really tough journey, and it's usually a long one for people, and it's hard to keep um, motivated. So, I've definitely got great feedback about the fact that I do share my journey with, with things, um, and I will continue doing that because I'm a believer that life isn't like perfect. Not everyone is able to achieve their successes like overnight or in a few months. Sometimes it does take hard work, and um, you know, there are dips where you may feel down about where you're at in life etc and I essentially want to be really relatable so I definitely won't be erasing those out or not incorporating them into my channel because I really do feel it's important for people to realize that there are people like them um, yeah so for sure you will continue to see that on my channel
0: and I think that's so important because you know you can often sort of see these videos of you know you've got this person like suddenly I think society glorifies the two ends of the spectrum right? they glorify the hustle right? The bit where you're in the garage and it's cold and you're working 22 hours a day and sleeping under your desk. And then you just suddenly see people pop up and like, Oh, look, now I'm a millionaire. And I'm, <laughs> there's a island, tada! and people don't sort of see that bit in the middle. I feel like that's kind of where mm-hmm. you're, where you fit in, which is you, you are showing that bit in the middle and all the things you can learn along the way. Cause as you say, actually, that's a really important lesson because if we were to rewind uh, a few years, uh, and if you were to tell the audience what you studied at university they might be surprised to hear where you are today.
1: Yeah so I studied law at university um I mean I did it at A level and I was really interested in it um it didn't come easy to me at all but because I got an A um, at A level I was like well why not and you know people say that lawyers earn a lot of money right so I just thought that would be a great career opportunity so I did that at King's College and to be honest after the first few months I kind of felt like this isn't the path for me but I think it's kind of it's sometimes we do things in life and we feel like because the rules have started turn, ter- started ter- um, turning or churning whatever the phrase is um it can be hard to pull the brakes sometimes and just feel like you have to keep going and that's how i felt when i was at university although i was i didn't enjoy my law degree at all Mm -hmm. i felt like it was too late to kind of like change courses or not drop out but you know to change a pivot essentially and i did it for the rest of the three years because um i just felt like i had to i didn't know what else I i would be able to do and um i yeah i think after the first few months I knew it wasn't it wasn't the career path for me and I also heard about the lifestyles of people who um, who worked in magic circle law firms and the university that I went to you you didn't study law to work in like a high street law firm it was because you were going to work at Freshfields or Linklaters etc so because I just didn't really feel like that resonated with what I wanted to do and what I would be good at Um, that's why I decided to kind of like not do a training contract after university and um, I guess one of the only modules that I kind of like enjoyed was my employment law module Um, and that opened me up to the world of human resources and like a CIPD qualification after university so luckily I was able to find my feet after my law degree Um, but it was definitely a really difficult three years um, of my life and actually Um, I went to university in London (laughs) and um, I used to live in London as well and like any time that I would kind of like go past Somerset House or Mm -hmm. that kind of area um, my heart would just drop because I remember all the stress (laughs) of of, yeah of my uni degree so it's definitely not something that I like to look look back on but um, it has it opened up the door to human resources and what I'm doing now so it wasn't time wasted.
0: Yeah, I can I can understand that, but it is really hard, right? When you are doing something that you that you don't enjoy, to sort of get up every day and and do it. And I think there's be a lot of people listening to this who who are in the same position. And, and and how did you find that kind of resilience? How did you find that inner strength to go? Okay, you know what? I don't like it today, but I I am still going to get up. I am still going to get on that bus. I'm still going to go to that lecture. I'm still going to take that exam. I'm going to write that assignment. How how did you? get through those those three years in a way that people at home can kind of take some practical advice to to implement Mm
1: -hmm. well one just being really raw and honest
0: um i used my
1: university's um counseling service so i remember during my third like the final year um i was having like weekly counseling sessions with their um i guess their on-site counselor Mm -hmm. and that really really actually did it really help me I don't think it did, (laughs) but it was it was kind of like helpful having someone to just like offload to Mm -hmm. even if I don't really feel like i would learned any kind of resilience tips or mindset shifting tips, et cetera. Just having that person who um, just to offload to and I think they because they were a university therapist, they probably understood the environment that I was studying in, in. Um, so he was able to relate to what I was saying and empathise etc so that definitely was a huge thing that I relied on during my final year um, and I think also so because it was it was a really high performance culture it's like a yeah a red brick um, university and most people who go to universities like that they're aiming for the mood like the sky and beyond so I definitely think Been in a peer group that were heavily focused on, I guess, success, Mm -hmm. and um, no one was really thinking about giving up or not staying up late to revise. I think that environment did spur me on and encourage me to just do the best that I could, Um, because I do think that definitely does impact how much effort we put into things if we're not really around people who spur us on or who who inspire us. So those are probably the two ways that I use to try and just get through it and um yeah would I do it again definitely not but I think those are the ways that help strengthen my um my journey for sure
0: and I think that's really great advice right you know find people that inspire you and find a good support network and to be honest right whether people are listening at university or if they're in a a job they're not happy with or in a a kind of a, an in-between stage that they're not happy with or something in their personal life like that is actually great great advice wherever you are in in your life stage to, to for those two key things to always remember always remember them I think that's that's really important advice and I think listening to what you're saying there and also thinking about some of the content that you make do you feel like that experience influences the content that you make today?
1: Um, I don't believe so because <laughs> I definitely don't mention law in my videos but I, I think it, it it definitely helped me um I guess adopt really good habits mm-hmm. so I was always very like organized and you know focused on you know productive prior to university and being in that environment just helped build those um those traits so I'm, I'm definitely I'm always studious in terms of like my work the way I approach work mm-hmm. my YouTube channel I do try to be very um consistent with my um with my um, videos, et cetera. And I think, yeah, in essence, it's just, it's helped me adopt a, like an approach that will make me feel like, okay, if I'm doing this, put my all into it. And even if, it, if I'm not going to be doing it in 10 years' time, like whilst I'm doing it, just try and do my best. So I, I feel like that's probably what it's helped me um, develop. But um, I definitely try not to mention law related stuff or even really career. Um, I don't really touch on career topics that much in my videos because um it's not always a source of joy for me yeah. but I do feel like over time I, I think even stories like that where people don't enjoy their jobs or they find it stressful or overwhelming at times I do feel like that's important to share because again not many like micro influences or people on social media at all share that part of their lives mm-hmm. so I will be making content about that in future but um as to the law specifically, um, because it brings me a lot of stress. Yeah, <laughs> Just thinking back to my uni years, I probably won't even touch on that. But but who knows? I, I may I may do it in future when my mind can like talk about it without feeling a sense of dread.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's understandable. i forgot what I was going to ask you next. This is why I edit these things.
1: It will come back to you when we're talking about something else.
0: Yes, I remembered it. So obviously, you know, you talk about um, we're thinking about all the different strands that you have today, and you know law is not something you would typically associate with entrepreneurship but actually you are you are an entrepreneur so at what point did you start to feel like oh entrepreneurship is something I can get into did you even realize it was entrepreneurship to
1: be honest I feel like being an entrepreneur it's something that it's a desire that one has or they or they don't have because I've always wanted to have my own business in some shape mm. or form since like a very young age like I remember when I was in secondary school myself my one of my friends and and I we used to sell um sweets I believe it was in the playground and even though that was very um you know casual it wasn't about trying to build a business of profits and margins and stuff like that that in it was probably my first stint at like being an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. so um I feel sorry I've kind of forgotten what you are no
0: that's right I asked uh, (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's right um So I asked about uh, entrepreneurship and uh, at what point did you feel like, oh, I'm an entrepreneur?
1: So there definitely wasn't like a defining moment of when I decided that I want to have my own business. I think it's because I'm always looking for a way to fill my time. And there have been points in my like my nine to five career where I generally have not felt happy. Mm -hmm. And I've needed an escape mechanism and something to take my mind off of work during the evenings. So Yeah, I I don't remember that there was like, I don't remember there being a defining moment, but I think it's because there have been many points in my career where I felt like I'm either like really overwhelmed or stressed at work due to the volume, and I need to invent something that I can just absorb myself. It's always been something that I've had at the back of my mind and... And to be honest, I'm always thinking about what can I create? What business can I start? Even if I don't have a serious intention about actually doing something. So um, I remember actually seeing one of my friends have her own business on Instagram. And that really inspired me to think, okay, what can I be doing? Because me that was like such an amazing thing to see and it inspired me to do better and to achieve more Um, and I think it just naturally coincided with a point of my career where I was looking for a way to escape from work and to have something in the evenings to focus on so um, that's probably when I decided to start the most recent business I've had Um, but as I said previously it's having a business, creating stuff, selling stuff, making additional streams of income is always something that is on my mind and it's been on my mind for a very young age as well.
0: I think you've got that kind of natural entrepreneurial spirit and then it's sort of come out when you found something that you've seen that interests you and you feel ready to kind of make a commitment to exploring it as far as you want to go, you follow that path until you go okay I'm kind of ready to, to pivot a bit now I'm, and it's, it's that sort of mode that takes you through entrepreneurism rather than being like, I am going to be an entrepreneur. I'm going to follow the set path of being an entrepreneur because this is what the book says entrepreneur should be. Yeah, it's
1: definitely that. And it goes back to, you know, when I closed my most recent business, it was something that I chose and wanted to do. Yes. But because when I thought about all the time and effort and money as well, I had invested in it. I also didn't want to close it. Um... But I really, you know, sometimes when you when you don't feel lit up by what you're doing, no matter, even if it's bringing money in, it just sometimes it's clear that perhaps you shouldn't continue doing it. So I th- I feel like in the future, I probably would have another business because mm-hmm. I'm always thinking about what else can I be doing, like where are there potentially gaps in the market? And I'm always looking for passion and fulfilment outside of my nine to five. Um, so I don't know what it will be at the moment, but I'm pretty sure, like, ask me in two, three years' time, there'll be another project that I'm working on.
0: And I, I think that, you know, your your decision to close your business is, is a success, really, because lots of people have that decision taken away from them. You know, the facts are, I think it's a book, uh, E-Myth Revisited, Why Most Small Businesses Fail. Most 95% of small businesses will fail in their first five years. Well, you made the decision to close it because of how you want to live your life not mm-hmm. you went bankrupt and you know no one bought the products it wasn't that at all it was it was your choice and to that end you had the power in that situation and I think that's a really empowering yeah. way to live live entrepreneur entrepreneurialism is that a word <laughs> I, I'm not sure if that is I either. think it is I think it actually is but no
1: I think even to go deeper into you know because I think it is really important for us to think about the future um yes it's important to be in the in the present and to just enjoy the moment but it is good to plan ahead and you know I think for the second year of the two years I felt like my life was so rushed like I was work on my nine-to-five, which is a very busy, demanding job in itself, and then I was, you know, trying to rush to the um, post office before, during, and after work to post orders, Um it was a handmade, handmade product-based business as well, so a lot of the time was spent actually creating the stuff that I would sell, and packaging it up, etc, and I just felt, I felt constantly rushed, yeah. um, and I'm, I'm a person that I actually do like slow living, and not mm-hmm. having to Rush about etc. So, although there were a few reasons why I closed it, I I just didn't work like it it aligned to how I wanted to create the my life going forward. So um, so yeah, it's it's a massive reason why. But yeah, I just didn't feel lit up by it essentially.
0: I think you touched on something there, which is which is important as well. Which is you you felt like you were rushing around a lot, and I think uh, in fact. Everyone, almost every every guest I've had on the on the show so far has had either a, a period or is still in that phase of having a kind of standard nine to five job, whilst also having um, an entrepreneurial thing on the side. And we often talk in this podcast around how you t- manage time to be able to accommodate that because you know time is a very finite resource and and how you talked about that feeling of being rushed but so how were you able to manage your time for uh you know create because you were also creating youtube channel youtube channels youtube videos all the way through this as well so how did you manage your your time whilst you were doing all these bazillion things well at the time um i had a very essentially like
1: work where you have a diary, a work calendar of what happens when. I had that for my own personal life. So during the evenings, again, because I was living by myself, I wasn't with my partner, it was very easy for me to spend Monday to Friday focused solely on my business in the evenings. But I had, um, everything was um, in my diary in terms of, you know, I'd spend one evening creating content for the social media page. Um, I'd create a second evening um, just, you know, coming up with ideas for the blog that I had that was linked to the website so each day was dedicated to a different task and that it that did help me feel um I guess be more productive because I time blocked things so it was easy to know what I was supposed to be doing I guess where I was supposed to be when etc and so that helped me be productive and I guess produce the content and the products that I was able to produce Um, I just I think as my life changed um you know I was getting a used to living with someone else and Mm -hmm. you know accommodating someone else and I I no longer wanted that rigidness if that makes sense I wanted to be free and to explore my new lifestyle so that kind of um Organization no longer works for me, um, but at the time, definitely each day um, planning what I needed to do and when, um, and time blocking things really really helped, and especially for the social media page. So I had the Instagram page as well. Um, I spent like block, I blocked times where I would be creating content in advance, mm-hmm. and I'd you know diarize what content went out on which days, etc. So. I definitely work really well with structure and deadlines and knowing what happens when. And that helps me be really, really productive.
0: I really like that. And I think, you know, that that rigidity and that that knowing what you're going to do when can help you kind of get in the right headspace for when you need to do that thing. Sometimes I look at things, I'm like, oh, my gosh, I've got to write this and I've got to do that. And to do that, and that. I'm like, oh, where do I even start? And actually, <laughs> you, sometimes you find you're trying to content switch too much. But if you group it by the similar types of activity, you can then look at it in a way and be like, oh, I can now think about these things as a, as a group. I guess, um, you know, what you talk about there is when it's it's easier, right, when you are single or when you're not living with a partner because you, you have the time. It's as simple as that, right? Mm-hmm. It's either you're doing this or, like, yes, you would be spending some time with your friends, but let's be honest, in the pandemic, we haven't been able it to do that. Happening. So uh, <laughs> it's just sitting, it's just you and the TV and, like, that mm-hmm. gets boring after five minutes so um, I I guess it's a difficult question but is, do you feel like there is a, a challenge between being able to do all these entrepreneurial things and have a kind of be living with a partner at the same time? like do you feel like these two things just don't don't sit together?
1: I think it depends what kind of business you have and this is why I'm still open to having a business in the future. I think it's quite difficult if you have again a hand, a product-based business where you're actually making your products yourself. Yeah. But there's a lot of time investment that is included. That isn't there if you have like an e of the e-business, for yeah. example, like a service-based business. So I do think if you have a partner, you're living with them, etc it is able to, you know, keep that relationship alive and to, you know spend a lot of time with your partner if potentially you have a service-based business. And what I mean by that is, you know, you may create your own products, but you're only creating them one time.
0: You're yeah. not
1: creating a new product, et cetera, every time you get an order in. Um, that will free up a lot more time for, you know, spending time with friends, family, et cetera. But I think it is really difficult being the one man band and having a product-based business because the more orders you get, the more time you need to spend creating the products fulfilling the orders creating you know keeping your spreadsheets up to date for your accountant etc it's all on you so I do feel there is a bit of a conflict there um and that also leads to the point about being open about if you want to bring on additional people you know yep. people I have seen people post on social media pages that they're hiring for an intern etc and usually those opportunities aren't paid um, but that's something that you can do if you do have a business and it's your feeling like i don't have time to do all these things mm-hmm. that can give someone else the opportunity to learn about having a business marketing etc and potentially fill up your own time so that's what i would suggest for someone who's kind of like in that predicament at the moment um, but yeah, I, I honestly do feel like it is very, very difficult having a product-based business, especially if it's handmade stuff yeah. and um, having time to go out with friends, family, etc. because all of your free time is going to be spent on your business.
0: I agree. And I think there's a, there's a real challenge between you know, people glorify the struggle, people glorify the hustle. Um, but what like the flip side of that is it is it's quite a selfish way to live, really. Like and it's it is ultimately for the greater good because you know, the, the products that you create are are helping people or the service you're delivering are helping people and so it has this altruistic element but in terms of the impact on the immediate people around you you end up like declining going for dinners or declining drinks or you said your partner well we'll do it tomorrow night not tonight and it it is a there is that balance I think I think it's important to be receptive to when you've got those kind of changes coming in your life that you don't try to do everything you accept that some things have to change and to think about how you want to navigate those whether that is to bring on an intern as you say or or close down a business or or pivot it a bit or kind of limit your product range or whatever it is that you accept that that pivot is going to have to happen and you don't try to fight it because i think it's when you try to fight it that everything starts to crumble
1: yeah i agree and i mean for me as well there was the element of I no longer felt connected to the things that I was creating because my interests and my values changed. Um, But whilst you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, it's great if you have a partner who can actually help you with your business. Because, you know, my husband did help me with um, creating my labels for my products. So I guess it wasn't only me because I did have some kind of help with like the design um, aspect of things. Um, But I do feel, you know, no one should make us feel like we have to close our own business it definitely was my decision it yeah. wasn't because my husband told me oh you're not spending enough time with me etc <laughs> like I generally wanted to yeah. be able to spend my evenings in front of the tv just relaxing and not having to focus on something else that's because I, I personally wanted that and um, so it is important to be to have partners or siblings, whoever it is, who actually understand your passions. And if you truly do want to spend your evenings and your weekends working on your business, growing your um, customer base, et cetera, then that's great. And hopefully the people around you will support you. But if or when you feel like, you know what, I actually want to spend more time with my kids or Mm -hmm. my partner, et cetera, we should be able to allow ourselves to do that and not Mm be like, oh, we're a failure because the, the right thing to do is to have multiple businesses not even just one business multiple streams of income to be you know doing x y and z that's not always what success means or that's not what success always means for everyone so just make sure you define it on your own terms
0: and you know what i think that is such a it's such an important statement i think that is that's the key thing right Define it on your on your terms because i'm personally believe that we can't have everything we can only have confidence in the choices that we make and if we have that then anything anybody wants to say any opinion they want to give any stereotype you want to throw at it is frankly irrelevant and that feels like a really great place to 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 wind this up so I have one last question for you which is (laughs) For people listening, so people listening at home generally are kind of in their between sort of in their twenties to twenties to thirties, thinking about entrepreneurialism. So, with that in mind, what are the three bits of advice you'd give to the people at home?
1: First thing that comes to mind is, I know it's a bit cliche, but find a gap in the market mm-hmm. because you probably will lose inspiration and motivation if you're just doing something that everyone else is doing. If it feels unique to you, that will be a driver for you to continue and actually to try and make a success of it. So try and find a gap in the market. Um, I would say learn about online, like retail commerce, um, you know, having your own website, your own um, Shopify, whatever it is you want to create and learn about, you know, tips about where to place things on your on your website Um learn about having an e-store and learn yeah I think there's an actual word that I'm looking for that I can't come to my it doesn't come to mind for whatever reason but definitely learn about e-commerce because Mm -hmm. you can have many people um visiting your website and they may not actually be buying things and it's not because your product's rubbish or they're not interested it may because you you need to place something slightly differently um or you need to change the way you, the copy on your website, the way you work, you've um, phrased things, etc. so so definitely learn about e-commerce, um, and I would say as well, identify, this would be the third thing, is identify um, someone who influences you, or who inspires you, so potentially someone who is doing what you're doing, not exactly the same thing, but someone who you can look up to, who's a bit further ahead than you, um, so you can see okay, like if I continue, I can potentially achieve X, Y, Z. Mm -hmm. Um, That definitely helped keep me on my journey, having people that I looked up to in the same industry. Um, And that can also help um, you identify more gaps in the market. You can see what other people are not doing that you feel that they could or should be doing. And that can help you um, differentiate yourself to your customers as well. So those are probably the three things that I would recommend
0: that is sound sound business advice i can feel a uh i can feel you making a a business uh a course a business every course on this uh maybe that's the next business maybe we just found it here tonight right yes, anyway, there we go you. we found it what's the next business ah uh, it's but, an e-course
1: about how to start your own business and to differentiate yourself etc <laughs>
0: yeah coming to uh rachel Abbey's website <laughs> Uh, Rachel thank you so much for for joining us on the channel Um, I hope you've enjoyed it it's been a real real pleasure to talk to you thank you for sharing all your insights your channel is intentional adulting there'll be description uh, link in the description and uh, any other socials websites you want to send people to Um,
1: Instagram is what I'm using um, in addition to YouTube so it's the same handle intentional adulting um, and yeah message me leave a comment on my videos etc
0: brilliant guys go and check them out honestly i'm a huge f- channel huge fan of the channel so thank you so much it's been a real pleasure to talk to you today and uh yeah hopefully. Oh,